Welcome to The Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Let's read from Job chapter 40. And Yahweh said to Job, Shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? He who argues with God, let him answer it. Then Job answered Yahweh and said, Behold, I am of small account. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand on my mouth. I have spoken once, and I will not answer. Twice, but I will proceed no further. Then Yahweh answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? Have you an arm like God? Can you thunder with a voice like his? Adorn yourself with majesty and dignity. Clothe yourself with glory and splendor. Pour out the overflowings of your anger and look on everyone who is proud and abase him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low and tread down the wicked where they stand. Hide them all in the dust together. Bind their faces in the world below. Then will I also acknowledge to you that your own right hand can save you. Behold Behemoth, which I made as I made you. He eats grass like an ox. Behold, his strength is in his loins and his power in the muscles of his belly. He makes his tail stiff like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are tubes of bronze, his limbs like bars of iron. He is the first of the works of God. Let him who made him bring near his sword. For the mountains yield food for him where all the wild beasts play. Under the lotus plant he lies, in the shelter of the reeds and in the marsh. For his shade the lotus trees cover him, and the willows of the brook surround him. Behold, if the river is turbulent, he is not frightened. He is confident, though Jordan rushes against his mouth. Can one take him by his eyes, or pierce his nose with a snare? This is the word of the Lord. So we get a little back and forth today. Uh, chapters 38 and 39 have wrapped up as God has spoken to Job, in essence, to humble him, asking him all those rhetorical questions about whether Job could answer such things as, you know, who laid the foundations of the earth? Who cares for these creatures? And so now God asks, shall a fault finder contend with the Almighty? Have we any right to contend with God? Have we any right to argue with the Lord? He is God, and we are not. God ascribes to us our place. Now, this is an aside, but we do have the ability to speak to the Lord in prayer, to petition the Lord for the th things that we need, or for even the ways that we are hurting as we ask the Lord for comfort and, and assistance and help and salvation. But instead, Job has been contending, arguing against God, and so God challenges him. He who argues with God so hey, you, Job, let him answer all the questions that God has asked. And so Job answers. Verse 3, his answer is two verses long here. He's been humbled. I am of small account. Job realizes he cannot do the things God has just asked. He did not do them. He doesn't know them. What shall I answer you? So I lay my hand on my mouth. It's, re it's recovering. 
if you're covering your mouth, you can't speak. Job is silencing himself. Really in response to God silencing him. He will proceed no further. Now, a question to discuss together as a family. Is silence what God is aiming for? Does he actually want to silence Job? Is that his goal? I would say the answer to that is no. The goal is repentance, that Job would realize that he has been in the wrong, that he would repent, he would ask God for forgiveness, and he would live, and then he would continue to to be a servant of the Lord, he would pray to the Lord day and night. The Lord's goal is not that we would be silent. The Lord's goal is that we would be his children. So Yahweh again speaks, and he challenges him here in verse 7 the same way he addressed him in verse 3 of chapter 38 when he first started speaking. Dress for action like a man, so get ready for battle. Prepare yourself. I will question you. So God not happy with the response of Job. So he's going to push him more. Will you put me in the wrong? Job has said so, right? Flat out accuse God of wrong. Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? There's not a one of us who has the ability to condemn God, although we try. Just as Job has tried in this book, we try to self-justify our sins. And every time we do, every time we try to say that our sin really isn't that bad, or that thing that we did really wasn't a sin, every time we say something like that, we're doing this. We are condemning God, we are calling him wrong in order that we might be right. That is a terrible rebellion against God. Have you an arm like God? This is military language. The arm is what you use to fight with, the extended, outreached arm, outstretched arm, as you have your sword in hand or your spear in hand and you use it to fight. We've seen this already from God in his speech back in chapter 38, verse 15, how he broke the arm of the wicked, the extended arm. So the wicked was fighting and God fought back. A question you can talk about with your children on this one if you want to. What have God's outstretched arms done for us? This pairs well with verse 14 about how God saves us, right? Our own right hand cannot save us, but God can, and he has, and not with a sword in hand, but that Jesus came with outstretched arms and took the piercing nails into his flesh to forgive us, to take away our sin, to take away our, our rebuke of God, to take away our rebellion against God. Jesus did this for us. He overcame sin, death, and the devil. Now, that battle against the devil is really the primary theme of what's happening in the book, right? I mean, I know we've lost sight of it because it's been like 38 days since we lost, last saw that conversation between God and Satan. But it's got to be in mind. The devil has contended with God. God has emerged victorious. 
This is true of the book of Job, but it's also true of the history of creation. The devil contended with God and lost. He lost that day on Calvary. He thought he won, but when Christ died, our sins were forgiven and Jesus descended into hell to declare his victory over the devil. And then he broke the bonds of death and rose again to give us new life also. So God saves us. Now that battle between God and the devil is in a way hinted at here as we look at chapter 40 and 41. We'll get to this in a little bit. Um, but the end of chapter 40 today, we have the behemoth. And then tomorrow in chapter 41, we have the Leviathan. These large animals that God is in control of. God is over even them. These terrifying beasts of creation. And so as God rules over these beasts, so he rules over the beast that is Satan. Can you thunder with a voice like his? Verse 9 again. When God speaks, men tremble. I mean, you can look at Exodus chapter 19 as an example. God's voice on the mountain of Sinai and how the people tremble. They're afraid if God speaks to them, they're going to perish. And so they ask Moses to intercede. Moses, you go. <laughs> Don't... Don't let us hear from God again, except through you. Or you think of the angels. Every time they come and speak to someone, they always introduce it with, do not be afraid. And they're just the messengers. They're just bringing God's word indirectly to people. Verse 10 gives us some of the character of God. He's challenging Job still, but majesty, dignity, glory, and splendor. Verse 11, he invites Job to pour out the overflowings of his anger. When we get angry, it is not a just thing. It's not a right thing. We get angry for our selfish, human, sinful reasons, whereas God gets angry God gets angry at our sin. God gets angry at the rebellion of his creation against him. And again, he's answered that, right? God has given hope to his creation again. He has outpoured his anger, the overflowing of his anger. He's done so in judgment, and he rightly still does so. But that anger has also been placed on his son on the cross. Look on everyone who is proud and abase him, bring him low. So an invitation again for Job to do these things, while Job has actually been that proud one. And it is God who is bringing Job low. Bind the wicked in this world. Is that a reference to hell, or is that just a reference to dust, to the grave, as the, the opening of that line says? I'm not sure. If Job can do these things, so if he can put on majesty, if he can out overflow his anger, if he can trod down the prod and proud and defeat the wicked, then God will admit that Job's right hand can save himself. But Job can't do these things. We cannot do these things. We need to be saved. And we have been. In Christ alone. Christ is our Redeemer. God has saved us. 
All right, so we shift gears now. God gives us a sermon illustration, the behemoth, um, essentially a reference to some kind of a large beast. We simply transliterate the word, so we bring the word forward out of the Hebrew language, behemoth, um, into English without giving it its own new word. The Hebrew lexicon that I make use of uh, through Bible works as I, I do translation stuff from time to time indicates that this is a hippopotamus or a crocodile. And I don't know. I mean, that's, that's something I'm not sure that we can rightly say. The study Bible also suggests that other suggestions out there have been elephant or a dinosaur. Um, well, actually, elephant's my addition um, that I've heard people say. I personally don't know that we can guess at what this animal is or if this animal is still around today. Um, you know, there's troubles with the ones that we just said. So, like the hippo and the elephant, to think of their tail swinging like a cedar. Cedars are big, strong trees. And hippos and elephants have such tiny tails that just kind of wiggle and wag. Whereas the crocodile, well, the crocodile doesn't have mountains yielding food to him. The tail thing would work better, but his limbs are like bars of iron. The crocodile's limbs are so small. So maybe a, a known, an unknown dinosaur or, or some other kind of large beast that we just don't know. Again, um, it's, it's an interesting thing to consider, but we've got some kind of a strong, large animal that is a challenge to man. But God provides for that animal too. God provides for this beast. He cares for it. He rules over it, and it answers to him. And again, that, that can point us to this battle between God and the devil, that the devil is a wicked beast, but still under the rule of God. And that God has still provided for, the Lord has still created even the devil himself. And so God is in control. This battle is already won. The Lord is victor.